ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between, pardon me, I'm a little bit, there's you go, I'm a little bit too high, just a little bit too high. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, evangelistic, and evangelistic service, family members, my beloved. Uh, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 564 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true nonfiction story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today, my beloved, we are reading Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you uh, for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. And Holy Father God, I thank you, Lord, hopefully with others, for salvation and spiritual family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us. 
And Holy Father God, for those of us who are born again and saved, Lord, we individually and hopefully collectively confess our sins, our faults, and our failures unto you. And Lord, for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would crucify Lord our flesh and the old man within us. For those of us who are saved and fill us afresh and anew Lord, even at this time, with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. And Holy Father God, I continue to pray for the uh, salvation of my own wife, Marika White, of 30, over 34 years of marriage and uh, who is here helping in the ministry tonight. Uh, and as I have been praying for many years, I pray that she will lay aside her pride and uh, truly uh, believe in you and not just be religious, but truly born again for as you know, Lord, it makes a difference. And uh, Holy Father God, in this day of hypocrisy and phoniness, Lord, we know that many in the church uh, do not like this kind of exposure and truth. Uh, but I do thank you for giving me the liberty because no husband, nobody wants uh, to... Uh, have to deal with this like this. Uh, but Lord, I thank you that I've been praying for her behind the scenes and I have no interest in uh, forcing her to pray a prayer. This is something that she has to do as she did on her own when her first two daughters were leaving home. And she came to me and wanted to apologize to me and to the family for not being the wife and the woman and the mother that she should have been while raising, uh, while I was raising all seven of our children pretty much by myself. And so, Holy Father God, I pray that you would have it to be so. Uh, she has been wonderful today, uh, uh, and I believe in, Lord, you know, because of how you work in people's hearts via salvation, she could be wonderful, if not all days, most days, because it's not her being wonderful, it is you being wonderful. The only reason why I'm here is because of your 
being wonderful, not me. Uh, I, I truly realize that I am dead. Uh, and I thank you for that. I thank you for teaching me that a long time ago. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. And at the same time, Holy Father God, you use individual cases to impact hundreds and thousands and even millions of lives uh, by helping other people to understand that they may be religious and lost. As one of the candidates for the presidency of the Southern Baptist Convention has stated very clearly, most people in Southern Baptist churches believe that they are Christian but they are and that they're saved but they're not. I believe that's across the board in uh, across uh, all denominations in Christianity. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we're in the sad mess we're in today because many people think they're saved but they're not and they cannot sustain this without you. And so, open blinded eyes, and Lord, if my wife and I have to uh, um, be open about this, uh, something that's been going on a long time and has caused uh, problems, uh, and if it can help another wife and mother, husband and father, young person in the church, Lord, if it can save one soul, it will be worth it all. So, Holy Father God, I pray this not only for her, I pray this for everybody in our family, our family extended on her side of the family, my side of the family, open blinded eyes and unstopped deaf ears. And do that, Lord, among the thousands and millions across the country and around the globe. Uh, for, uh, Lord, as you know, it is uh, so shocking for me to even be here because I was raised in church, religious, but lost, and on my way to hell and didn't even know it. I had been on the morning's bench, spoke in tongues, shouted uh, right out the church, uh, got baptized at the age of 12, and lost and didn't even know there was a hell. And I, I got saved out of religion by your grace. Dad being a preacher, mom being a preacher. And so I, I, I have an idea of what is going on here. There are many people in the church who are blinded. Have your Holy Spirit not give them rest until they come to know you as Savior. And Holy Father God, we also pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight that you would uh, cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of my wife's life 100% and completely, never to rise again, and out of the lives of 
other people in our family on both sides and uh, out of the lives of other people in churches and families across this nation and around the globe uh, there is a devil loose uh, apparently and so Lord give us sweet victory over the world the flesh and the devil and uh, Holy Father God please rebuke and bind the devil his demons and his hosts Lord from my wife today and from our entire family and uh, uh, and from the lives of people in families and churches everywhere and uh, Holy Father God I do pray for the salvation of the lost in the church and outside of the church the revival of the saved the healing of the sick the comfort of the grieving across this country and around the globe Lord please continue to receive all glory uh, to yourself and lift up your Holy Son the Lord Jesus Christ through such wretched people as we are and demonstrate the power of your Holy Spirit grant me your freedom your liberty your unction and your anointing and the power of your Holy Spirit to read your Holy Word to understand your Holy Word, to comprehend your Holy Word, to obey your Holy Word, to apply it to our lives, and to live by it, to preach it, to teach it, and to preach your Holy Gospel. Save those who are lost, and revive those who are saved. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasure, treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. 
he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. Ladies and gentlemen, as I mentioned while praying, When I was a teenager, I wanted to get wisdom and knowledge and how this particular passage uh, connects with this presentation, preaching of the gospel. As a youngster, around 12 or 13, I, for some reason, wanted to try to get knowledge and wisdom and understanding probably just to show off. So I set out, I was lost and on my way to hell in a very religious family. My mother was the main one who made sure her children went to church and that's a good thing. Uh, She did not realize and didn't know really at the time what it meant to be born again to be saved and nor did my dad my dad was still lost because he and I as a little boy I would sit on his lap and smoke some of his cool cigarettes and uh, drink some of his Code 45, and my my dad also he also had a Code 45 gun as well. And uh, but anyway, he was lost, and at the time, he later got saved, I believe, through the preaching of Billy Graham. And uh, God drew him on in, and he changed dramatically. Um. But no one, was, no one was there to teach him or uh, disciple him. And so we grew up as a religious family, a typical religious, black religious family, in the black church for real, in the Baptist church. The Pentecostal Holiness Church. My mother ended up winning that battle. Uh, Disciples of Christ Church. The Pillar in the Ground of the Truth Church. And then uh, 
firstborn, I believe the name of the Holiness Church, my grandfather, great-grandfather, uh, founded. And uh, I did not know I was on my way to a devil's hell, but I acted like a hellion with all of that religion, all of that church going. Because of my uh, uh, religious upbringing, I, I thought I was all right. But deep down in my heart, I knew something was wrong. And I believe that all people, they know deep down in their heart that something is not right. I believe God puts that in people. I knew something was right because with all of that religion, it was not right because with all of that religion, uh, church going and singings and food on the ground and everything else, BTU, church all day on Sunday. Somehow I knew I was not saved, and I got, I guess God gave me the prayer to pray. As Growing up with all of that confusion, Lord, show me delight. I cannot say I prayed that every day. But I prayed, it, I prayed it quite often because I knew we just didn't have the light. I don't know how I knew that. But I did. But anyway, as a youngster, 11, 12, or 13 years old, I got the big old impressive Bible that most black families in the South had on the table in the living room. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, you you think you've seen a Bible. You have not seen uh, this Bible. Huge, about this big, about this thick. And so I set out to read it as a little boy. My parents did not know. I was not trying to impress them. I didn't care whether they knew or not, but I would, I guess, sneak and read that Bible. But I couldn't get past Genesis chapter 2 before I got bored with reading the Bible. I found out later in life that you have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the author of the Bible, the Son of God. You have to be saved before you uh, could understand the Bible. I found that out after I got saved, December the 19th, 1979. When a young man with a big old Bible showed me from the Bible how to get saved. And then I truly got an understanding of salvation from a Baptist church, but a new kind of Baptist church where they taught the Word of God. So here's how I became a Christian and how you can too. 
First, dear friend, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's laws just as I have. And guess what? The Pope has broken God's laws as well. So has the Dalai Lama. So has Joel Osteen, the pastor of the largest church in America. We are all sinners. Whoever is your favorite religious guru, they have sinned against God too. For the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I know God is speaking to your heart right now. If you are not saved, I cannot explain it to you, but you know deep down that you are not born again, even though you are working in the church. And some would consider you dutiful and faithful. But we're all sinners. We all have broken God's Ten Commandments. If you are of age, you have lied. You have stolen money, stolen things from even your parents. <clears throat> yes, the change you stole off of the uh, drawer out of your father's penny jar, which included quarters and dimes and nickels, uh, you, you have broken God's Ten Commandments. I was so evil while in elementary school at Brinson Memorial Elementary School. The people were kind enough to come by and give us a little beautiful red Bible. It was so scintillating to me, I guess, I intentionally stayed back in the classroom while we were going out for recess and everybody walked out the door and yes, yours truly stole another beautiful red Bible. I'm ashamed of it to this day, but I did. Didn't read it, just stole it. And we all are sinners. Whatever you have stole proves that you're a sinner too. If you have lusted in your heart after something or somebody, after you... Uh, if you have rather dishonored and disrespected <coughs> and disobeyed your parents, you have broken God's Ten Commandments. If you have dishonored God by cursing, using His name, using His name in vain, you've sinned against God Almighty. You are a sinner. You are a criminal by breaking the law of God. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. There is a punishment for sin in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. We die because of our sins. And if God will allow you to die because of your sins, he will allow you to go to hell to pay for your sins forever if you do not believe 
in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So you need to understand something <coughs> that not only I did not understand, I had no knowledge of the fact that I was on the road to hell. Even though I was doing hellacious things, which I do not take any pride in, I did not know I was on my way to hell, and I did not know how serious of a matter uh, that is. Seriously, in church all of my life, from the time I was born, I have been in church. Thank God for a church-going mother, and I'm sure that had an impact upon me. At least I heard about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. I never knew Jesus until I was 19 years old and in the Air Force. I knew about church, and I am convinced with Dr. Ascole, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right, that most people in the church in general today are religious but lost. They think they're saved and they are not. <clears throat> so we need to have a crusade in the church, not, not outside of the church, in the church. And, and outside of the church as well. But if most churches would do some in-reaching, they would win just as, almost just as many people if they did uh, some outreaching. Thirdly, please understand with me, beloved, that you need to accept the fact that you're on the road to a devil's hell. Now, this is real talk. This is not fantasy talk. This is not play talk. If you don't believe that, listen to the words of the greatest man who ever lived. <clears throat> who happened to preach more on hell than he did about heaven. Who happened to preach more on hell than all of the prophets and all of the apostles. And, and, and sad to say, more than all of the preachers living today. By the way, in your church-going days, <clears throat> pardon me, how many times have you heard a preacher preach that you are going to die and go to hell if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? How many times have you heard a preacher preach on hell? Well, by the grace of God, I'm trying to make up for it because uh, I preach on hell every day. Jesus Christ preached on hell, and here's what Jesus Christ said in Mark chapter 9, verses 43 through 48. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never, that never, that never, that never shall be quenched. Go on with your bad self if you want to. But the fire shall never be quenched. You say, preacher, why do you preach the gospel every day? 
And every time you preach, you preach the gospel, unlike many other preachers, because the fire shall never be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt, that is, like a cripple, on a crutch or in a wheelchair, into life, than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. I know there's a group of people running around the world telling people that hell is translated the grave in the Bible and so forth. Well, see, Jesus took care of that. Uh, he mentioned the word hell, and then he mentioned the word fire repeatedly. And I have told these people, and I've told other people to tell them, it doesn't matter to me what you translate the word hell to mean. You can translate it to mean peanut brittle. I'm concerned about that word fire that shall never be quenched, sir, ma'am. And if you're wondering, I'm talking about the Jehovah's Witnesses, which my mother, bless her heart, she knew to tell us, you don't let you don't let the devil in our house. We're not interested in the Bible study. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched, and if thine eye offend thee, that eye, that word uh, offend thee, is talking about how that uh, you sin against God. If your eye causes you to sin against God, which includes uh, uh, sinning against yourself, you see. See, the reason why God ha hates sin so much is because not only are you offending Him, you're offending yourself. You're hurting yourself. The, the God, the main reason why God hates sin is because sin destroys His creation. The sin you commit, yes, it is against him and, and it offends him, but it hurts you. And it's going to hurt you for a long time if you die without Jesus Christ in the flames and in the fire of hell. So if thine eye offend thee, plug it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes. To be cast into hell fire, into hell fire, into hell fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. The fire is not quenched. There's no fire station to come to put the fire in hell. Hell is a very real place, hell is a sad place, hell is a bad place, and hell is bad news. You must understand the bad news so that you can uh, appreciate the good news, and there is good news. It's called the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said in John 3.16, the most wonderful, most loving, and most important words ever said in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He was speaking of himself. 
He gave up his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Should not perish, that is, in hell, but have everlasting life. And all you have to do is believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe his gospel that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins. A very painful uh, experience. A humiliating experience for the Son of God. The Prince of Peace. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He died for your sins and mine and for everybody else's. Was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God for you. He paid your sin debt. If you want to connect it back to uh, the Old Testament history, he is the Passover Lamb of God who has taken away the sins of the world. That is, my dear friend, good news. And all you have to do is believe in him, trust in him, have faith in him. Call on his name, pray and ask him to come into your heart to save your soul today, and he will, he'll do it. You have his word on it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, in hell, but have everlasting life, that is, in heaven with God. And guess what? God wants you to be there. You're invited. But I believe they called it, you have the RSVP. You need to uh, go ahead on and accept the invitation and let him know you're coming. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell, man. Saved from hell, woman. I preach it. I preach it like this every day. You know why? Because I I was raised in church like so many people are in church today. They do not understand that they're on their way to a devil's hell just like I didn't understand. Had no clue I was going to hell. It's a miracle for me to be here because back in those days, really, you know, we were footloose and fancy free as children. We left the house. Our parents didn't even know when we left the house. They didn't know where we went, and they did not know when we came back in most cases because they were at work or whatever the case might be. I could have died on some of the adventures that me and my boys went on many times. That's real talk. I should be dead. Not to mention high school and all the crazy things we did, uh, almost having accidents, drunk out of our minds, and all this kind of thing, coming this close to a transformer on the highway, <clears throat> hydroplane, almost died, should have been dead. And I, listen to me, and I, I would have been totally shocked if I entered into hell. 
No one ever preached on hell. I never heard about hell other than when somebody uh, cursed using the word hell. So that's why I preach on because Jesus preached on it more than anybody in the Bible. And there's a reason for it. Because he wants you to take advantage of what he did for you. You need to understand the dangers of not doing so. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then you need to know how to do it. I just explained that to you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. You can do that. Do you know that everybody can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Everybody can do that. He made it so simple that everybody can do it. Call Even if you can't speak, you can call on his name with your inside voice. So let's do that right now. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as Jesus Christ has uh, told you to do. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. Call on his name and pray and ask him to save your soul and he will. Follow me in what is called the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have broken your Ten Commandments. For as the preacher brought out, I have lied before. I have stolen things before. I've lusted with my heart after people and things. I've dishonored and disobeyed my parents. I have uh, dishonored you by taking your holy name in vain. And Lord, that's just a few of the sins I have committed in your sight. You know all about them. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son's name, uh, in your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, who paid my sin debt, who was buried and rose from the dead by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins and turn from my evil lifestyle. Cast the devil and the demons of hell out of my life. 
Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to follow you, Lord Jesus Christ, for the rest of my life. In the new life. For it is in your name I do pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to GospelLightSociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, dear friends, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send to you to help you to grow in the faith and become the Christian that God wants you to be. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Now, my dear friends, we're going to resume our standing between the living and the dead service, if you will, already in progress, as we go now uh, to our Bible study segment. Uh, this will be your first Bible study if you just got saved uh, anywhere in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, family uh, members, my beloved. Uh, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's classic book entitled Morning and Evening. Uh, this is the podcast, and this is episode number 582. And we're at Isaiah 40:11 in the Word of God. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those 
that are with young. Dr. Spurgeon expounds our good shepherd has in his flock a variety of experiences. Some are strong in the Lord and others are weak in faith. But he is impartial in his care for all his sheep. And the weakest lamb is as dear to him as the most advanced of the flock. May I add, that's just how the Lord is. Lambs are wont to lag behind, prone to wander, and apt to grow weary. But from all the danger of these infirmities, the shepherd protects them with his arm of power, according to Holy Scripture. He finds newborn souls like young lambs ready to perish. He nourishes them till life becomes vigorous. He finds weak minds ready to faint and die, feeble minds, the New Testament calls uh, them feeble-minded. He consoles them and renews their strength. All of the little ones he gathers, for it is not the will of our Heavenly Father that one of them should perish. What a quick eye he must have to see them all. What a tender heart to care for them all. What a far-reaching and potent arm to gather them all. In his lifetime on earth, he was a great gatherer of the weaker sort, if you will. And now that he dwells in heaven, his loving heart yearns towards the meek and contrite, the timid and feeble, the fearful and fainting here below. How gently did he gather me to himself, to his truth, to his blood, to his love, to his church. With what effectual grace did he compel me to come to himself? And I believe that all who have gone to Jesus can say that. It's amazing. That's why I tell you, I'm adding this, that's why I tell you, I don't know how God does it. I don't know how God's going to do it for you. All I know is he did it for me. He saved my soul. How he drew me gently, lovingly, and all of that. <laughs> I can't get into all of that. And uh, no saint can, really deeply. You don't, it's just amazing. Since my first conversion, how frequently has he restored me from my wanderings? Go ahead, Spurgeon. And once again folded me within the circle of his everlasting loving arms. 
The best of all is that he does it all himself personally, not delegating the task of love, but condescending himself to rescue and preserve his most unworthy servants. Go ahead, Spurgeon. You, you're talking real good. How shall I love him enough or serve him worthily? Huh? I would fain make his name great unto the ends of the earth. But what can my feebleness do for him? Great shepherd, add to thy mercies this one other, a heart to love thee more, truly as I ought. Glory be to God, shall we pray. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for your holy word and for your Holy Spirit who used your servant Charles Haddon Spurgeon to expound upon it in a unique way uh, with uh, no doubt the mother load of anointing that has lasted even to this day, he being dead, yet speaketh, and we all give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for this blessing. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. We're back in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, for the third day. And in the family segment, that's sad to say some people in the modern church hate, but I don't care if they hate it or not. Uh, I'm going to continue to preach it and teach it. And we'll be preaching it and teaching it long after I'm dead and gone because this is what is needed in the church. And this is one of the reasons why Dr. Ascole and I believe that many people are lost. This is the proof. We have husbands who do not love their wives, don't have the ability or uh, do not have the wherewithal to do so because the love that God is talking about here in this passage is agape love. It's not talking about any other kind of love. No marriage is going to last. No marriage is going to endure without agape love. God's love. Unconditional love. There's just no way. But not only that, not only that, We have wives who do not love God in such a way or love their husbands or love their children where they don't want to show respect. Uh, your husband, you know, is not that moved by your love and sad to say many men think that their wives love them and they should. The Bible talks about how they should uh, and everything. Uh, but uh, you probably, sir, have more love in your heart for your wife than she has for you. Uh, uh, but she is requiring of the Lord in this passage to respect you. She may not be that lovey-dovey towards you. That's between her and God and, and, and you. Uh, and she may not love you as she should. 
But she's required by God in this passage to respect you and to show you reverence. And uh, to honor God that way by doing that. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. This is a unique verse in this passage because it deals with the husband and the wife. And and this is the hinge that will hold the family together uh, to raise the children and to uh, help get them on their way properly. And if both parties do it right, then it should turn out and should be a beautiful thing. But I must say this, uh, both parties must be born again and saved and not just church-going religious people. It will not work the way it should. One party can sanctify it if they're truly born again, but if both are lost, then uh, you're going to have a serious problem on your hands. If one is saved, they can... They can uh, with one leg, if you will, bring it on through by the grace of God. But if both are saved, then you got, now you, as they say, you're cooking with oil now. And the problem in the church today and the problem in most families today is that most people in the family that makes up the church are lost. Church-going, religious traditional and lost and on their way to a devil's hell and some think they are Christians as Dr. Asko has brought out. So uh, it's not a matter of just obeying this passage. It is first a matter of obeying the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want your marriage to last and you want your marriage to be successful, both the husband and the wife must be saved, must be born again, and examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith. And, and then to work uh, with your children and make sure that they're saved. And there are evidences of salvation that, that not only God knows, but we know. You cannot go around calling your children cute, you know, thinking that they're cute, if they are, and, and, and that they're saved, when they're acting like they're demon-possessed, turning their heads around like the woman in uh, the exorcist, and cursing you out and turning back around and going back to doing their satanic evil on the computer. They're not saved. I have news for you. They are not born again. They need to be saved. And you need to, after you have presented the gospel, you need to pray for them until they are saved. So that you can have 
godly peace in your home and you're just not keeping the peace by not saying anything, by not uh, bothering anybody and all of that. Say people are not to get angry with you if you uh, communicate with them. Or in other words, bother them. They have to have, they should have the same restraints and uh, Holy Spirit fruit of self-control. If you're married to somebody and they act like a, a witch, a warlock, and a devil in the bedroom uh, while you're trying to talk with them behind the scenes in the household, but they can talk to everybody in the church with a smile and, and, and grinning and, and laugh and everything else, uh, you're dealing with a hypocrite, a person who is not born again. They, they're wearing a mask. They're one way. They know how they ought to act. But they do not genuinely act that way from their hearts all of the time. That's the sign of a person who is not saved. And that's what you are probably dealing with in your marriage. And that's the reason why you are contemplating divorce. Because you know the person is not saved or, or you're not saved. Both of you are not saved. Uh, kind of a situation. So, make sure that you examine yourself and see whether or not you be in the faith, be you husband or wife, and you know whether or not you're saved. And pray for your children and, and lead them to Christ, or have somebody else to do so. Now, let's pray for other families and uh, pray for other people. Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight, Lord, first help each person in each and every family that names the name of Christ to examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith. And are manifesting the fruits of the Holy Spirit instead of the fruits of the flesh and the devil. And then, Lord, we pray that each and every husband, each and every uh, wife would obey this passage. Save those families that don't know you at all. And save the families that are religious and know of you. And then, Lord, revive true Christian families individually. And Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of the lost for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving in this country and around the world. We pray also for all people who name the name of Christ, and this is where you change in my prayer. As an evangelist, Lord, before you inform me in no uncertain terms that most people in the church today or at least many, are not born again, are not saved. No matter how much I wanted that to be the case. Uh, you changed my prayer to saying it like this. Holy Father God, I pray for those who name the name of Christ. Only you know who's truly saved, and I 
pray that you will have mercy and grace upon all of us and forgive us, Lord, of our sins, our failures, and our faults of not obeying the great commandment or the great commission. And Lord, I pray also that you would help those of us who name the name of Christ. Help us to humble ourselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways and repent of our sins and get back to you our first love. And Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for the millions who are hurting around the world from the coronavirus plague. And Someone pointed out today, still 3,000 people are dying a day from the coronavirus plague. We pray that you would comfort them as only you can, and draw them to yourself for salvation. And we pray, Lord, for a few by name. We pray for the family and friends of Colorado resident Lori Longin. We pray for the family and friends of Texas resident Michael Ara Pedrosa. We pray for the family and friends of Indian resident Naif bin Abdullah. We pray for the family and friends of Canadian resident George Edward Albert Salter. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Virginia resident Sandra M. Shine. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for all of the people who have sent in prayer requests down through the years. Uh, Lord, hear and answer all of their prayers and all of the joint prayers that we pray together. Thank you for the privilege and the blessing and the honor for having thousands of folks to send us their prayer requests. It's been the joy of my life to pray for so many people. By name, thank you for counting me faithful that I would not just lay my hands on a stack of cards, but to uh, pray for each and every person who sends in a prayer request and to pray for their specific needs, oftentimes repeatedly. And Lord God in heaven, thank you for the answers of prayer, and we pray for all of these people, uh, and we pray for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings. Lord, upon them all, and upon these as well, we pray for Marie Grace. Please place the blood of Jesus Christ and uh, his strongest angelic protection over her life. Deliver her neighborhood from gangs, witchcraft, and the occult. Help her to recover from damage caused by storms and tornadoes. We pray for Patrick. Please save his soul and give him assurance of his salvation. We pray for Tammy. Please bless her with her, bless her with a new house. We pray with Pastor Bushibi. We praise you and we thank you for souls saved and answer to prayer.
and people healed and delivered at their church meetings. Please guide uh, Robert on whether to partner with the Rotary Club, Bungoma, Kenya. Please bless Melanie's doctor's appointment and heal Timothy completely. Please bless them with a water well, enable them to register church properties with the government, deliver them from economic hardships, bless them with peaceful elections, bless them with church construction and financial resources for open-air gospel crusades, bless them as they fast and pray. And. Uh, Holy Father God, as we continue in prayer, we pray for the people who have received the gospel through the preaching of this ministry, the preaching of the gospel, and who have gotten saved down through the years, and we pray for the thousands who have made a profession of faith in you. We pray for some by name. We pray for Franz, Ogo, Bobby, Shinui, Justice, and we commit these souls into your hands. Help them to grow in the faith and be the Christians you want them to be. We also pray for the people who have recommitted their lives, who have uh, chosen to come back to you. They heard the preaching of your word, the whole counsel of God. Evidently came under conviction because we do not give an invitation for this, and we do not invite anybody to write in and let us know that they heard the preaching and chose to recommit their lives. Only you have done that. We have nothing to do that other than preaching your word, and we give you the glory, praise, and honor. And we also pray for Joe, Shania, Quabina, Wilma, Princess, and uh, the other people who have done so down through the years. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, as we listen to the beautiful song, I'll Fly Away, please stand for our closing prayer. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you so much for what you have done, for what you're doing and for what you will do. Thank you for the privilege once again to preach your Holy Gospel, to pray for many people, to teach your Holy Word, to preach your Holy Word, uh, Lord, to help people who are in families, to do it your way so that they can be victorious and enjoy your blessings. And so, Holy Father God, I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice would pray without ceasing and serve you until the day they leave this earth. In Jesus Christ's name, until they fly away. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray and for his sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, Lord willing, I'll see you tomorrow. Make sure you pray without ceasing. I'll fly away. <laughs>